Hi, my name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm obsessed with all things business, especially networking. Oftentimes, the opportunities that we have in business and even personally comes down to who we know. I love helping people build a thriving network with genuine people, even if they are new to the game, afraid to say the wrong thing, or need a reminder to just do it. I'm a California transplant living in Northern England who's taken her business chops from California to New York and now the US to the UK. I work from home and run two businesses. No matter if you're a networking beginner or not, I can teach you the step-by-step behind the scenes secrets to building a network that you love. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be encouraged and have some fun while you learn. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Hello, and welcome to episode number one of the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. I am so excited to have you here. You will be able to tune into me here every Thursday. You can also catch me live on Instagram or Facebook at Let's Cut Class. All right, let's go. You know that horrible dream where you're being chased by giant spiders or a serial killer in a scary mask and you try to scream, but nothing comes out? Ever feel like networking is just like that? Not the giant spider scary mask part, but the silent scream? Like, you're fun and can turn it on around people you know, and yet when you stand in front of people you don't know, nothing really comes out. Instead, the words are as dry as those dead flowers from last Valentine's Day. The bummer is that for many people, especially those just starting out, the fear of thinking about networking is enough to stay stuck in decision paralysis. You know those decisions I'm talking about. It's that little voice that says, where do I start? Where do I go? When I get there, what the heck do I talk about? Or are people going to like me? Today, we are going to talk about seven tips to end your networking nightmare. These tips will help you move from oh no, I really have to attend this meeting, to, okay, I can see myself attending, insert said event here, with no strings attached. These seven tips helped me survive my first year in England, plus they helped me sign my first $20,000 contract. I know wherever you are in your networking journey, they will help you too. Let me give you the backstory on how the heck I ended up in England in the first place. As you heard in my intro, and probably by my accent, I am a California native. My husband, Chris, is English and grew up in a beautiful part of England called the Lake District. We've been together for nearly seven years now, but we've never lived in the same country until I moved here three years ago. We had a little boy in November 2017. Six months later, in March of 2018, our son and I moved to England to join my husband. We all now live in Newcastle. So that's the story on how and why I now live in England. The reason I wanted to share this with you is because I didn't have any friends or immediate family when I first moved here. Oftentimes when people venture off into networking, it can resemble the I don't have any friends type feeling. Needless to say, I started networking from scratch and in a new country and new culture. I totally get how it feels to be an outsider trying to make their way in. You would think just because America and England are English-speaking countries, 
the transition from one to another would be seamless, right? Wrong. So here are my tips to help you as you transition into building fruitful relationships that will last over time. Number one, let go of any preconceived notions about networking. Number two, do not have expectations. Number three, give yourself grace, time to learn, plus navigate any roadblocks you may encounter. Number four, prepare yourself. Number five, have goals. Number six, see what sticks. And number seven, share stories. Let's get into number one, which I think is the most important of the seven tips. And that's why we will spend a lot of time on this tip because I think it's the biggest networking barrier for most people. Number one, let go of any preconceived notions about networking. Now, preconceived notions are an opinion formed before an event happens without adequate evidence. Let me give you an example. I love to work out, and I'm pretty sure I've tried almost every type of workout. But last year, for the first time, I went to this gym called Method Training. During my orientation, I learned that there are two parts to the workout, lifting and then a cardio aspect with some lifting too. After I went to my first class, I was hooked and I fell in love with the workout. A few months before I joined this gym, it was actually called CrossFit Northumbria. They rebranded to Method Training, but it was still a freaking CrossFit gym. Guess what? The only workout I vowed not to try was CrossFit because here were my preconceived notions about CrossFit. I thought my old bones would get hurt, that the gym was filled with beefy people. And I wouldn't be able to keep up with the other women in there. But the most ridiculous part of this assumption is I had never taken a CrossFit class to provide evidence to back up my claims. Isn't that silly? Needless to say, I've been a member of Method Training for over a year. And on top of shattering all of my preconceived notions about CrossFit, I'm physically stronger now too. This is a place where I've been able to build a great network with like-minded people. And just so you know, not everyone is ripped and tanned. There are people like little old me throwing around some weights in a CrossFit gym. So what's the point here? Preconceived notions cost us something. It could be an experience or a connection. Preconceived notions cost us opportunities that sometimes we would never know existed. Once we allow ourselves to search for truth, and open our minds to possibilities that exist outside of our reality and thoughts, it's only then that we can grab onto an understanding that is real. What the heck does this have to do with networking? Funny you should ask. It has a lot to do with creating a network that you love. Here are some common preconceived notions. Number one, it's uncomfortable. Okay, okay, connecting and talking to new people can totally be uncomfortable. And it's no surprise that it is. As children, many of us are told over and over again, don't talk to strangers. As children, we're conditioned to not speak to strangers. When we become an adult, how are we all of a sudden supposed to feel 100% in a room full of strangers? One of the first keys to great conversation is realizing that we aren't the only ones who feel uncomfortable and inhibited around strangers in a new environment. Consider that you're just in a new situation 
And the more often you show up, the less uncomfortable it will become. Number two, I don't want to be pushy. We picture a pushy, aggressive person who connects with people based on selfish reasons and gives nothing back. What an insincere jerk. Again, some perceptions to kick to the curb. Consider that networking is a way of making connections, building relationships, and seeking advice. It's also about finding ways to be a resource to help others and contribute to them. While you think people are being pushy, maybe they just have more practice asking questions to understand how they can help. If you ask questions and think you're pushy, maybe you just need more practice asking them so you can also figure out how you can help. The last common preconceived notion is, I'm not good at it. 60% of people consider themselves to be shy. That means in any room, more than half of the people also think they are not good at it. Isn't it funny that we are all thinking that we are the only ones, yet we are in a room where the majority of the people are also feeling just as uncomfortable and awkward? Imagine, all those people standing around looking too cool or bored are probably just hiding the fact that they are uncomfortable and would actually like you to come talk to them. I mean, they are there too, right? These three common misconceptions could cost you the opportunity to strengthen your networking. Kind of how my preconceived notions about CrossFit could have prevented me from getting physically stronger. Remember, preconceived notions cost us opportunities. Kick those bad boys to the curb. Okay, tip number two, don't have expectations. The beauty of expectations is that we create them. This ties nicely into number one because it's almost the flip side of preconceived notions. Hear me out. While preconceived notions are based on no evidence that form an opinion, expectations are built on previous experiences. Let's play this out. When I used to attend events in America, usually I was greeted cheerfully. There was breakfast being served and everyone sat at tables to mix a mingle. In England, I learned that at events, usually everyone stands around in a room, and more often than not, you are only served tea and coffee. And at real classy events, you're also given a bacon sarnie, aka sandwich. (laughs) In the beginning of my networking journey, I thought, first of all, I don't even like caffeine. Second of all, what the heck is a bacon sarnie? My expectations were based on my previous experience, and when that expectation wasn't met, I got triggered and a little annoyed. Internally, I turned into that little kid in the sandbox stomping on everyone else's sandcastles. Not cool. I could have avoided that upset by not thinking I was going to be served breakfast and comfortably sat down to get to know other people, right? Most of my experience was in the U.S., and that expectation had to be let go. What result should you expect when attending networking events? Well, a simple answer is this, to make more money because without money, you don't have a business or career. While this is true for some, it's not the right approach. Every intelligent person understands they should invest in money, but the most wise people invest in connections and relationships. I'm going to say that again. The most wise people invest in connections and relationships. If you have expectations to sell, Drop it. 
invest into meeting people in the room or virtual room. Tip number one and number two are almost a double-edged sword, but don't drive yourself crazy going over them. The main point here is that preconceived notions and our expectations can cost us opportunities. Recognize they exist. When they consume our thought process, let them go. And if you're wondering, yes, I am a reformed sandcastle stomper now. My inner toddler has calmed down since I let go of how things are supposed to be. Next, tip number three. Give yourself some grace, time to learn, and time to navigate roadblocks. I arrived in England in March of 2018. I took about six months to settle in as a wife and mother because in America, I went back to work when our son was only seven weeks old. So I wanted to take some time to find my feet in England. I started to activate my networking in November 2018. At the start, I was so frustrated. Things in England are slower than America and much slower than New York. I was ready to rock and roll, go to this event, connect with this person, etc. But my gosh, I didn't even know where to start. Why? Because in the past, I have almost always worked for a company and said company had existing networking ties that I just picked up and ran with. This time around, it was much different because I was working for myself and I didn't know where to go to find people to connect with. After all, I only knew my husband, our son, and my in-laws. Cue my learning. I gave myself time to look up events and groups. I had to make calls to find out more information about these events or groups. Now, insert roadblock number one. Customer service is quite slow in most of the UK compared to America. So I had to wait for a call back, which could be a day or more because people in England get like 28 days off per year. The person I was trying to get in contact with to find out more info was literally unavailable. So talk about frustrating. Cue further learning. I had to look up businesses in a specific industry, plus the person that I wanted to meet within that specific business. Before I could even leave my house or join a virtual meetup, I had to understand where I was headed in terms of the type of group or event I needed to visit, plus info about a potential contact. These actions required a little time to figure out. When I shifted my mind from being hyper-task-oriented to just giving myself time to learn, I relieved a lot of stress and worry. Sometimes we just need to give ourselves some grace and time to learn and navigate roadblocks before we can inject our skill set into the world. Tip number three is great, and I think it sets us up nicely for number four, prepare yourself. Once you know which group you'll meet or person you want to speak to, you'll want to prepare for those meetups. Listen, you're not prepping to go to war here. This basically means you'll want to know what the heck to take with you. Number four makes me laugh a little, and I'll tell you why. I remember the night before attending one of my first networking meetings in England, I was trying to print off my business cards from my cheap old HP printer. I mean, I had a business card design, but the printed cards hadn't arrived in the mail yet. In an effort to show up prepared for my meeting, I went to England's equivalent of Best Buy and bought some thick paper, threw that paper into the printer and printed my business cards and tried to cut them myself. I was so worried about being prepared, 
I showed up to my first networking meeting with jacked up business cards from my HP printer. You want to know the worst part? I was in the branding industry. WTF. How embarrassing. The moral of this story is prepare yourself, but don't worry yourself sick about being overly prepared. And don't ever try to print your own business cards at home. If your website isn't ready, tell the truth. Just be prepared to arrive at the event early and share business assets that you do have. If you don't have cards ready, but maybe your website and social media are ready to rock, you can check out companies like Popple or Tappy. These companies provide you with a tool for your phone to just tap onto someone else's phone and instantly your contact details are passed onto them. Isn't that cool? Many people use their phones to tap and pay, and now you can tap and share your info. I will be sure to share the links to these companies in the show notes. Moving along, number five, have realistic goals. Setting goals helps trigger new behaviors and helps guide and manage your focus. In the end, you can't manage what you don't measure, and you can't approve upon something that you don't properly manage. With that said, create two realistic goals for networking. Keyword here, realistic. It's highly unlikely that you will create a meaningful relationship the first time out of the gate. This isn't Burning Man, all right? You're not going to meet your highest connection on day one. When you create goals, ensure they are simple, attainable, and measurable. Here are my goals from my first year in England. Number one, get your son to nursery and attend two networking events per week. Number two, have at least one one one-to-one outside of networking with a person you met at networking. That was it. These goals were super simple, attainable given the time I had each week, and I could measure them. The best part is, These small, consistent actions added up to me signing my first $20,000 contract, and I was invited to my first English wedding. Not just the night do either, the actual wedding. When you think about creating goals for your networking journey, maybe they could be something like, two days a week, spend 10 minutes researching a new group or activities in your area. Number two, activate a connection that needs a little TLC. This doesn't mean that I'm suggesting you should mm, get in contact with your ex-high school lover, but hey, to each their own. Ensure you outline a couple goals and make sure you can attain them so you don't beat yourself up if you don't achieve them. Number six, see what sticks. By this, I don't mean see what sales techniques work out at each networking event. I mean, see what sticks for your style. Maybe you like a lot of structure and accountability in a group where, you know, Every week on a Thursday at 9 a.m., that group meets rain or shine. Or maybe you want something that is less formal, where a group meets every other week or every other month and you can attend in person or virtually. Maybe you want an activity like an interest to be the center of relationship building where networking naturally falls second. Kind of like me in CrossFit. Working out is the center and relationships come right behind it. Personally, I like to have a mix of the above. One where creating business opportunities is highlighted and others where I can bond over a shared interest. Give yourself time to experience a couple of these settings that work for you. You do not have to commit to anything right away or ever. Here is what I want you to do. Write down a list of five things you are genuinely interested in. Maybe cooking, yoga, underwater basket weaving, beanie babies, Disney, whatever you are interested in, write it down. Once you have your list written, go to Google and search 
your interests, plus the city you live in. See what comes up. It's highly likely there are people that align with your interests, whether it's online or in person. Now you may be thinking, Rochelle, what if there isn't a group that aligns with my interests? If you can't find a group in person, maybe there's a Facebook group that aligns with your interests. If this group genuinely doesn't exist, tag me on Instagram in a post or story with what you're interested in and I will look into it for you. I bet it exists. If it truly doesn't exist, you may want to consider starting your own group. But that's for another episode. Last but not least, tip number seven. Once you find a group, what the heck do you talk about? Well, lucky for you, we've been using tip number seven throughout this entire podcast episode, which is to share a story. Shift your mindset from what should I talk about to what can I share? People love learning about others. Throughout this episode, I have shared a story about my journey to England. Maybe you can resonate with this because you too have moved somewhere completely new. I shared a story about my preconceived notions about how CrossFit was filled with meatheads, but then I found out it wasn't that way at all. Maybe this made you think about a time where preconceived notions got the best of you too. I also shared a story about how I showed up to a meeting with shoddy business cards. Again, another story that you may be able to relate to. Sharing stories allows people to relate to you and sets you up to form genuine connections. I didn't know the lay of the land in England, so I usually would share stories about how I didn't know what a bacon sardine is or how I think England makes some of the best pastries in the world. Neither of these stories are business-related, but they're relatable, and that's all that matters. When people can relate to you, you can start to build a genuine relationship. All right, let's wrap this up. These seven tips helped me survive my first year in England, and I know they will help you on your journey too, no matter where you are. So let's recap. Number one, say goodbye to preconceived notions. They can cost you opportunities. Number two, Don't have expectations about how things are supposed to be. Number three, once you get going, give yourself grace, time to learn, and navigate those roadblocks. Then, once you know how to navigate your way to an event or to a person you'd like to speak to, number four, prepare yourself. Number five, create realistic goals so you know what to aim for. This leads us to number six, see what sticks for you personally. And lastly, number seven, share stories so people can relate to you. If you implement just one of these tips, you should start to see improvement in your networking over time. Notice I didn't say overnight. Be patient, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want to continue the conversation, head on over to my exclusive Facebook group, Allergic to Small Talk, or you can catch me and my team at Let's Cut Class on Insta or Facebook. I'll catch up with you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.